So I love asking questions. I do it naturally anyways with my friends, whatever. I, I just, I love that. So with clients, I'm immediately asking questions. And so some of the pain is very obvious. You know, water heater's broken, your heating system's broken, you need a new one. There's there's the obvious pain and, and let's talk about how we can get that resolved. When it gets more difficult is when the heater is working or the water heater is working, maybe it's getting older, then it's, then it's a little harder to discover the pain. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to the Waste No Day podcast. I'm your host, Nate, here with Brian. Good morning, Nate. Hey, hey. It's good to be here. We also have a special guest with us today. His name is Caleb Harnish. He is... Oh, yeah, yeah. We got the crowd. Good crowd morning. Uh, oh, yeah. It's going to be it's good. It's time to go. Caleb Harnish is the uh, is one of the comfort advisors at One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, he comes to us today, and we're going to be spending the time talking about the topic of pain. Ooh, that was a dramatic pause. It's going to get deep. So, yeah, hey, Caleb, thanks so much for being on the show with us. Yeah, you bet. Happy to be here. Hey, we always like to start off by kind of getting a little bit of uh, background on on the person that we're talking with. So why don't you give us a uh, kind of a quick spiel on how you got into the trades and what brought you here? Yeah, happy to. So... uh, Started out um, after college. I only went to college for one year, believe it or not, and it just wasn't for me. That you figured out that uh, I believe it first off. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, keep going. Keep just going. Uh, it, it wasn't for you, or or they weren't. I don't think college was really digging me. Actually, okay. uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. It was. <laughs> all, we'll call it a mutual split, but uh, I think favoring more on the college end. Um, so, and then fortunate enough, uh, in Lancaster, there's a company called Haller uh, that took me in. And I started in customer service. So I started on the phones, answering calls, and just learning about the industry uh, for HVAC and plumbing. And uh, did that for actually a couple years. And, you know, worked my way around. They taught me dispatching, billing, all the different angles of the business, uh, which kind of made me realize, like, all right, I can do this. I don't need no degree for this. So, uh, yeah, started to fall in love with the industry. Uh, and then after that, I made a great decision of going to a company called Worley and Obets. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with that. Ring any bells? Yeah, yeah. We've we heard bells. that. Okay, yep. yeah. So long story short, um, the CEO fled, uh, which maybe we can get him as a guest soon. When he gets uh, out. Yeah, when he gets out. Yeah. He uh, fled with over $80 million. Uh, Allegedly. And uh, That's comp- true. That hasn't gone to court yet. Yeah, that's true, yeah. And... Um, company then went bankrupt. So kind of left me without a job, believe it or not. So I got to learn the unemployment process. Another one we can kind of believe, but keep going. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I got got to learn the unemployment process, you know, how to file, all that good stuff. Um, And then after that, I don't know what Matt 
Buck Walter was thinking, but he decided to sit me down and, and have a conversation and uh, decided that one hour was ready for an HR department and uh, brought me in to learn, learn HR. Yeah, for those of you who are not familiar, Matt Buckwalter is one of the owners of One Hour. Yep. And uh, he brought me in. I learned HR, uh, kind of worked under Scott Rohr, the other owner, and developed processes for HR. And then uh, did that for about two years and then decided that I wanted to transfer into sales. And a comfort advisor position opened up and uh, decided to jump on it. And I've been doing that now for a couple months. And I would say it's going well. I'm still here. Define the uh, comfort advisor position. Yeah. So the comfort comfort advisor position is um, through one hour, uh, I go out and talk to clients when they need a new HVAC system. So, so some some people will call into the company and ask for an estimate. You'll go out. Some technicians will, will be in the field and see some equipment that could probably be replaced, and, and then you'll go out. Right, right. Yep. And talk to clients about what options we have. And there's a lot of different conversations that can happen with that. But yeah, my main job is going out and uh, reviewing options with customers for a new system. Caleb's done a lot of great things in his life, but certainly the, the very top of the list and second and third was coming up with the idea for this podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where <laughs> credit is due. When he was our <laughs> HR director, he approached me and asked if I wanted to do a podcast to keep the the technicians in the loop during um, the shutdown, the COVID shutdown, since mm-hmm. we couldn't see anybody face-to-face, and we both thought it was a great idea, but Nate thought um, he'd rather do it, so he made sure that Whoa. Caleb got moved to <laughs> yeah. Comfort advisor position, and then Nate took it over. Oh man! Wow, nice job, Nate. Nice and, work there. Yeah, and here we are. Diabolical. Can we get the license plate on that bus? I am so honored to be a feature. Wow. Uh, we are honored to have you, Caleb. And I, I find it actually a pretty unique background. There, you have, um, you certainly have the customer service side of things, and then HR, and Ooh. then sales. I mean, that is an unusual career trajectory. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, HR, there's a lot that I gained from doing that because there's a lot of uh, tough conversations that come up with uh, employees or maybe a vendor or two. So um, it really actually gained me a lot of confidence to have tough conversations, which now I use a lot in sales. Um, so HR actually really jumped up, jump-started my career, uh, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed the culture aspect of the company and thinking of ways of how to keep everyone involved and, and just continuing to build the culture because happy employees, people stay. And so that's, that's super important to me, and that's, that was honestly my favorite part about doing HR for those years. It is a strange trajectory just to – I mean, you might be the only person I've ever heard of that went from – office staff to field as yeah. opposed to the other way around. Right. Right. And it, don't get me wrong. It's, it's an adjustment, you know, driving around is, is different from all my life I've been in the office. So it, it is a, it is an interesting, interesting change. And I, I like the challenge of it. I, I, my main goal is I love the industry. And so I want to learn every aspect of the industry and try to try to get better at it. So that's, that's the main reason I wanted to try this this role as well. And so far, from our perspective, or mine at least, everything you've done, you've been you've been pretty good at, and you've done very well. 
Yeah, don't ask my high school teachers or college, but yeah, work's gone fine. Well, you, you can send them a copy of this podcast, <laughs> yeah. along with a one hour, along with the W two. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, hey, Caleb, we really wanted to dive into our subject today, which is pain, uh, specifically that pain is your ally and not your enemy, uh, which is kind of a backwards turn on things. Um, let's let's jump right in on that. So, I mean, when you think of pain. What, what exactly are we talking about there? Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, this morning, I actually ran into one of our plumbers, Brennan, who I think has been featured on here. And I talked to him about the subject that I was going to go over, which was pain, and his face immediately dropped. And he's like, I, that sounds awful. I don't, <laughs> don't want to hear that. <laughs> he's like, what I just talked about was about you know pumping people up and all positive. He's like, it's going to get all negative in yours. <laughs> Yeah, and we're actually we're going to put this podcast up for a vote and see which one people want to listen to. <laughs> yeah. So I think if you label it as pain, I've got a good shot at it. Um, but yeah, so I explained to him, and that's kind of what I wanted to say here is, to your point, Nate, is how much of a positive it can be when you're communicating with customers. And as an ally, I mean, the main goal of and first off, I want to lead off that I've only been doing this role for a little bit of time. So I don't, I'm not going to come across here as like I'm an expert, uh, but it's it's things that I've been picking up and learning as I go here. But customers, I've found that they buy emotionally versus intellectually. And so pain is an area that we really try to focus on when we are talking to a client, because if there are hardships that you can find, um, we found that they, there's a higher success of them ending up wanting to invest with us. So there's a lot of strategies to use, and we can go into that. But in a short, short explanation, pain is a main goal that we're looking for uh, while coming alongside with the customer. Right. And the reason for that is that people are looking to fix the pain. Isn't that it? That's correct. If there's a hardship, they want to resolve it. And if you can find that, that's, that's, that's the money right there. Right. So pain in the home services industry comes in a ver- uh, excuse me, a variety of forms. So, I mean, that could be, uh, you know, the heating system is no longer working or your AC is no longer working. It could be you have water in places that you weren't expecting to have water. It could be that uh, the panel or the switches or the lights aren't coming on when you think they should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So all of those things we would qualify as pain. And what Caleb um, is talking about is basically how to resolve those and how to use our solution to the pain as the actual driving mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also wanted to point out that you said that uh, you haven't been in this specific role for you know extensive period of time, and I appreciate that humility. But I also don't think that learning how pain is your ally is something that requires 5, 10, 15 years of expertise. It's something that you can just look at and see right now and, and see how it can be beneficial. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and honestly, in as I look back, even in HR, uh, I used it a lot because I didn't really know I was. But when you have someone coming in, for example, to apply and they have an interview and say it's a, a really good technician that we want to have aboard, but they're at another company. And the goal there most of the time, and I didn't even know I was doing it, was to try to find what's not going well there that we can try to show them that that can be here. And so 
that honestly uh, was used a lot when trying to talk to applicants and and throughout interviews. So, yeah, and now with the client, I mean, it's you just you're, I'm able to pick up on that stuff pretty quick. To to your point, Nate. Okay, so let's let's dig into that. You said you're able to pick up on that stuff pretty quick. Exactly how do how do you get to that part of the conversation? Do you just open up and say, hey, you know what what pain are you experiencing right now? Is it a uh, an osmosis process where you you just figure it out through the conversation? Mm-hmm. Do you use your eyes? I mean, how do you get there? Yeah. So I love asking questions. I do it naturally anyways with my friends, whatever. I, I just I love that. So with clients, I'm immediately asking questions. And so some of the pain is very obvious. Like Nate said, you know, water heater's broken, your heating system's broken, you need a new one. There's there's the obvious pain and and let's talk about how we can get that resolved. When it gets more difficult is when the heater is working or the water heater is working. Maybe it's getting older um, or maybe, you know, it's it's on its last leg, but they're they're wanting to get other estimates to, to figure that out. Then it's then it's a little harder to discover the pain. And so what I try to do is a come alongside them. And what that looks like is I try to just be very soft in my tone and uh, ask questions to them and try to get them talking because the more they can talk and the more I can listen, uh, I feel like the more I can pick up what pain they have. And if you have someone like Nate that's, you know, a little quieter and they keep it all in, those people are buggers. But yeah, thanks, buddy. if uh, most of the people, hopefully you can get them talking and you can start to feel out, you know, what maybe a pain is. Maybe they had a bad experience with another company and what was that experience like and, and try to, you know, talk that out. Maybe they called a custom, uh, another company and they didn't hear back right away, you know, um, just trying to talk out different scenarios of what could possibly be pain. So it's like, you're just like, uh, I don't know, shooting darts and trying to hit one. And that it's not a great metaphor, but, uh, Brian helped me up with the metaphor there, but you're just trying to take different attempts to try to find what might hit them. So a lot of the people listening to this podcast are technicians in the field, um, in the home services industry. And a lot of times they're going out to a home where the person is clearly stating what the pain is up front. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've told the call taker, it's in the notes, my X is broken, my Y isn't doing what it's supposed to do, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Is that where the pain starts and stops? I mean, do you just take it at face value or do you think that there's more to learn and that more questions should be asked, even if you know that you know the, the system is, is failing right now? Right. Right. Well, that's an immediate help right there that you know that. But there's there's a lot of gain to continuing to dive into that and continue to ask questions about that scenario. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not going out necessarily when the water heater is leaking right there. I'm sure the pain is is right there and present. Um, But from my experience, you know, even if there is a pain um, to try to keep digging into that and run through other scenarios of you know, maybe there's another opportunity there in the home that we don't even know about and running through diving deeper into the pain can bring that up. So let's be real world about this. Um, Obviously, you've been out to a number of clients over the last month or two. And uh, can you think of an example where, you know, you went out and through questioning and identifying pain points, you were able to come up with a better solution in the end than perhaps you would have at the beginning? Yeah. Um, 
I think a, a really common example, and I've struggled to have success with that so far, is uh, when a client's pretty upfront that there's going to be three companies coming in to to bid, and that's the way that they do their strategy. And a company like ours is, I would say, higher end for sure, and that comes then normally with a higher investment. Uh, so there's a lot of you know little companies in there that can come in and and easily undercut us. So. Uh, this specific client just based on on price alone. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Just based on price alone. Right. Yeah. If you're just looking at dollar signs, that's about it. But um, so this specific company, I I was out first actually, and um, they had shared that information, <clears throat> and we were able to kind of talk out what experiences they've had in the past because we were not their regular service provider. They had called in just because they saw us online. And um, basically, the other two companies were local local companies that they had just you know seen the trucks around, or their brother may have used. I forget the exact scenario, but they had a lot of concerns from the side of you know what happens at 11 p.m. if this thing does stop working in the future. You know, am I going to be able to get a hold of them? And so. What what I chose to do there is continue to dive into that and basically ask them questions, you know, you know, Christmas Day, you know, what does that look like if you have your family over and you call in, you can't get a hold of them, um, you know, and explain the structure of a smaller company a lot of times is, you know, looking for uh, new clients to get a, a new system, but then they don't have enough technicians on the back end to to come out right away and get it fixed and try to like you know, not use a scare tactic, but point, like paint that picture in their head of what that could look like. So I went over all that with them, kind of planted the seed and um, told them to get their other estimates because either way they made that clear that was their process and I wanted to respect that. Um, and then came back a week later and sure enough, we were about five grand more ballpark and we talked that out again and there was so much trust and pain that they had kind of thought through of what could happen in the future that they actually elected to to go with us because of that decision, uh, because of all the reasons. So, I mean, that one doesn't always go that way, but because of pain and painting a picture of what pain could be in the future, uh, we were able to kind of, yeah, go over that and get a, get a price that was our price, but was much higher than a, a small company. What was some of that future pain? Uh, that you painted a picture of to get them on board? Right. I mean, a lot of the future pain was what happens when it does die. If, Or I'm sorry, if it is broken, you know, two years later or a year later and, and you know, it is 10 p.m. because the reality is these things can die at the worst times possible. Um, you know, how quickly are they going to be able to get someone out and explaining what our call center is like and what our structure setup is with on-call and how quickly we're able to get out. Um Another thing was yearly maintenance. That was important to them, and they liked the the, the setup we had. Um, so I, I would still call that a future pain that they wanted to make sure that the system was maintained every year, and um, they didn't really get a clear image from the other companies of what that looked like. So I think those were the biggest two standouts for future pain that was on their mind. Yeah, it's such a good story, um, a, a real-life story, actually, how pain became your ally yeah. so much so that it actually drove a higher revenue ticket um, and a long-lasting customer relationship. Right. 
And the part that I struggle with the most is when people aren't willing to have those kind of conversations. Uh, I mean, that, though, the, that couple was super open to share their experiences and have that conversation. I mean, I try to be as laid back and easy to talk to as possible, but there are times that I just feel like that's just not what a client wants to do. They don't want to share that stuff. They just want a number. And that's where it gets very difficult for me. And I don't necessarily have the answers of, you know, how do you get someone to open up versus just being a number that I'm writing down and that's what we're going to offer. Well, this is your first year. um, And I would put you back to the bonding and rapport episode of Waste and No Day podcast for sure. Yeah. To learn a little bit about that. But that is something that comes with time. Um, And as you said, you know, metaphors earlier, uh, using metaphors can really easily combat that, but Mm -hmm. only after you have some good bonding and rapport and you've gotten to the point where you can easily excuse yourself for something that that could seem offensive to them and say, you know, I don't mean to be sound rude here, but I I just want to point out the fact that dot, 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 and you Mm -hmm. insert metaphor there. I mean, if you know you know, Nate drives a platinum Explorer, he could easily drive the, you know, the SE Explorer, but he wanted leather seats or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, the Bluetooth or whatever it is that he got for the upgrade. Um, Or I'm, you know, I have a torn ACL that's probably going to require surgery here at some point. I could easily save 40% and go down to Tijuana and get it done, but I'm not going to. And why am I not going to? Because I want a higher level of service. I want a job that I trust is going to be done well Mm -hmm. and I want somebody to go see if it goes wrong so I'm going to go to a local company here and a surgeon that I get to meet several times and get to know and I I talk to people about and you know our reviews are bar none there's nobody even close to us in this area with the amount of reviews and the the high ratings Mm -hmm. and those are all things that have to be brought in and if you don't feel like you're able to get there that that one that comes with time and practice but it there does have to be practice Mm -hmm. every time you get something like that you have to go okay I I couldn't get through this last time and I and I tried this that and this now I'm going to try something else Mm -hmm. and that something else should be a metaphor or or analogy of some kind um, based on stuff that you've seen in their house or stuff that you already know about them Mm -hmm. so one of the things about pain is that at face value it only goes so far Um, like I said, with technicians, a lot of times they're going to get out there and they're already going to know what the pain is up front. Uh, the faucet's dripping, you know, the receptacle doesn't work, whatever it is, but pain can also be your ally in determining not just the fix, but the right fix. And what I mean by that is obviously everybody in the, in the home services industry knows that you can go in and you can do the immediate fix, just the swap out of the exact same part for the exact same uh, you know, fix and it's all done and taken care of. But is that what the client actually wants? Is that what they're really interested in? Are they even aware that there's other options that could fix additional pains in their world? So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that, Caleb. I mean, how important is it in identifying some of those other, um, not necessarily upfront things or, uh, uh, you know, in your, in your face type of pain? Um, that how important is it to identify that to a client to make sure that they're getting the right fix? Yeah, this is a great uh, point here, Nate, because in my background at other companies, this is a huge, huge, huge misconception 
um, because there's a lot, a lot of technicians uh, that are in the belief that that they want, they just want to fix because that's what they know what they know how to do, and that's what they're comfortable with, and that's what they'd want to do. And I think that's something that one hour Ben Franklin and Mr. Sparky here in Lancaster do so so well on training is having more of this conversation about figuring out what's better for the client, what do they want versus just, you know, putting a Band-Aid on the system or, you know, whatever it may be. And so I think that what we do very well here and we can continue to improve, but is to continue to ask questions to figure out, you know, what is uh, their true interest and what what do they want. If you just assume something and just do it on your own, um, it, it, it might not be what they want at all. Um, and so I think that's something that we do very well here, but obviously can continue to improve. It's something that I've started to try to incorporate more. I mean, for example, I'll we'll do a new system. And while I'm filling that out, I'll flip over the back page and we have all of our, I call them our health and safety products. And that's our, you know, uh, UV light, electronic air cleaner. And I simply just say, hey, take a look at our health and safety products while I'm filling this out. Let me know if you have any questions. I don't want to overfocus on that, but I want them to see that. And and then maybe I'll ask a question or two if they're actually really looking at it. But um, that's something that I just said, well, just because they're spending this amount of dollars doesn't mean that that's their max. Maybe they want this option. And before I, I wasn't showing that. And it's People have actually done it because I've showed them. So I think that that's just a great example of, you know, not just assuming and having more conversation about all that we offer. Yeah. Have you found it to be the case that people will often put um, a type of uh, pain smoke screen in front of you? You know, like, for example, the people who say, hey, yeah, I'm getting three bids or the people who say like, oh, my budget is X and that's all it's going to be. I mean, a lot of times that's uh, that's like a defense mechanism to make sure that, you know, they don't get taken advantage or they don't feel like they get taken advantage. But as you dive deeper into that conversation and you help them open up, you identify that there's actually other areas that they would like solve too. And they may not have even been aware of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that's really hard. And I actually still am kind of working through that with, with uh, Brian here. But um, when it does, yeah, that, that is a tough thing to, to break because people definitely always have a, a defense mechanism that they're putting up right away. And honestly, sometimes they're not even getting three bids. Um, and, or right. sometimes they're just, they're just using it as like a tool to make sure that you don't, you know, high dollar them. Right, right. And so the strategy of continuing, I mean, I'm saying it a lot, but to continue to ask questions, hopefully you can break down that wall and, and, you know, like, what are you looking for in those estimates? You know, what, what is something that you feel like you can get somewhere else that, that I'm not providing here today? There it is. Um, that's some, that's some, the, the best question you can ask about the other estimates is what, what else are you looking for exactly? Right. And then once you get that answer, you talk about the things that we provide. That, that answer is 99% of the time what, Caleb? Well, it's just super vague. It's just price or model. It's something weird, yeah. I'd say at least 85% of the time it's price. Well, I just want to see if I can get it done for, you know, less money. And that's when you can say, and then you can throw a few other pain points in there and see if they're familiar with any of them. You say, well, you can certainly get it done for less money, but are you willing to sacrifice drug-tested, background-checked technicians? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, being in your home 
are you willing to sacrifice the the way that we stand behind our product with our warranty? As you can see by our Google reviews, are you willing to sacrifice the um, professionalism of this company, the the uniform techs and the uniform trucks and the the uh, live call center that's in our building here and not not speaking to somebody out of state or or out of the country or a voicemail that will probably not be answered until the next day. I mean, is that something you've dealt with before? Do you find that frustrating? Would you like to not deal with that again? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually find it pretty funny. I've heard some of those commercials for like LASIK surgery. You know, it's like LASIK surgery as low as $400. And I'm like, um, (laughs) well, I mean, I appreciate the price point, but is that really the area that I want to sacrifice, you know, on, on the dollars alone? Right, And so identifying that there, there always is, to Brian's point, there always is a give and take on money. Yes, everybody doesn't want to overpay for things. But underneath the surface, they also don't want to receive an underlivered promise either. Mm-hmm. My wife is, whew, we're going to have to probably edit this part out and just yeah. not even let it hit the podcast. But Don't worry, for, I'll, I'll edit it out and send her this clip specifically. <laughs> is... Among the cheapest people I know, among the most frugal people I've ever met in my life, I always I say, believe it's 2020. That's called it economy sensitive. <laughs> economy <laughs> I would, sensitive. I would always tell her that I would hate to sit across a kitchen table from her because I know she'd just be lowballing me the entire time. Ugh. But she is looking into getting LASIK right now because the dog chewed up her uh, glasses that she just got six weeks ago. So that she's looking at that $400 option? Absolutely not. Even <laughs> even she okay. is looking at companies trying to find the highest rated company within an hour of here. And I said, are, are you even looking at price? And she said, I haven't gotten that far. I just want the highest rated company. <laughs> yeah. Jamming a laser into her eyeball. Right. And that's, that's a real pain motivator for people. Um, I mean, price is one, but quality is another one. Price often is at the forefront of the conversation uh, because, you know, it's often transactional, at least at the beginning. But quality, service, um, and everything else that comes with it, trust, um, are all pain issues that don't necessarily reveal themselves at the beginning but are, are underlying and are always there. Yeah, and I think that's why what Brian said earlier with metaphors can be so important because some people look at a water heater or heating and air conditioning as like, I'm fine to just do lowest price, but when you can try to use metaphors of, you know, maybe that, that eye surgery or something to, to try to illustrate how trust is important in this scenario, uh, I think that that can come, uh, you can have a lot of success with doing that too, if they're just thinking it's just a heating and air conditioning system. Yeah. And what happens, the reason metaphors and analogies are so uh, impactful is what happens is when you start talking about something super mechanical and technical to somebody who is not a mechanical or technical person, they can almost immediately tune you out and their eyes will gloss over and they just stop listening. And you don't know it. You might not know it, especially if you're new in your selling career, you don't even realize it's happening, but they've, they've shut off their listening device and they're just thinking about what they're going to have for dinner while you're going on and on about this system and what you're saying makes perfect sense to you, but makes no sense to them. So if you can see that, you know, they're, they're really into cooking or really into, um, you know, high end dining or what have you, and you can relate the HVAC system or the water treatment system or the 
electrical panel to that in a way that makes sense to them, they're all ears. And they don't even they don't even have to hear any more about the system. That's all they're going to think about is how much sense that makes to them. And it and it happens all the time and it works just like that. It's it's the person who because everybody can relate to this, it's the person who says you know, how can you guys charge this much, you know, $200 to put in a part that only costs $40 and it only took you an hour and a half or whatever the price and time may be. And you say it's, it's, you know, it's honestly, it's not the part that you're paying for any more than you're paying for that two stitches you went and got at the hospital. And you know what they paid, you know, they paid $1,200 for those two stitches, but that's not what they're paying for. They're paying for the, the doctor's degree, the nurse's degree, the building, the insurance, and everything that comes with that knowledge, expertise, and liability insurance. And all that stuff has to be taken into account. But people don't do that for their electrician until you give them a good analogy that makes them think in those terms. Yeah, thankfully I'm not too uh, mechanically inclined whatsoever. So going down <laughs> You don't have that... to worry about going down that road. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know how to go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> but I have uh, the one I I didn't bring my uh, screwdriver in, and so the uh, furnace I had to take the whatever the main. Well, here comes my mechanically inclined. Whatever you call the, that. The, yeah, could you back up to the whatever <laughs> part? You had, which part was that? Well, again? What is that thing that you know opens up the furnace? Whatever that the door, and um, so I just you know innocently it's just like hey uh, I think the customer's name was Alex. Hey Alex, you got a screwdriver? You think you can open this up for me? And uh, thankfully, it kind of struck a conversation and, you know, uh, made him feel involved in the process. But, uh, yeah, there, I had uh, I think I've had the customer open up a furnace a couple times already, I'll be honest. All right, buddy, we got to get you a screwdriver. <laughs> I do have one. but It's a little early in the morning for that, isn't it, Brian? It's, like, it's all the way out in the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hey, we're coming up on our time here, Caleb. There's just one more thing I wanted to discuss with you, and that's, <clears throat> that is, um, how do you involve pain when there appears to be none, right? So a lot of our technicians, um, they run inspections or maintenances, uh, or they get out to an area and they fix one problem, but they notice that, you know, there could be other potential issues. Uh, take like an electric panel, for example. Everything's working fine for the customer, um, to their knowledge. You know, when they flip the switch, the lights come on. When they plug in a cord... Uh, the sweeper comes on, whatever it is, <clears throat> and you as the expert are downstairs looking and saying, well, yes, uh, it, it's working fine now, but you know, this panel is 45 years old, or uh, I know that the, the unit is working fine now, but this unit is, is 19 years old, or, or whatever it is. You know, it's not always age, but there could be other things. How does pain become involved in the conversation when there is no current feeling of it? but the potential of it exists. Yeah, so immediate pain is a lot more helpful in our industry, but uh, we would call that then future pain. Um, and to be clear, that's that's a lot harder to your point, Nate, to, to illustrate, but really what you're trying to do in that is to try to illustrate what the future could look like that how pain could come up. Uh, and so that's by, you know, asking questions like, have you thought about what this, you know, what this looks like if this would die? Have you thought about how 
Um, you know, we don't know what equipment, like if we can get equipment next year because of COVID, we don't know if manufacturers are going to be shut down. What does that look like for you? Have you thought about that? And I think um, something that Aaron's taught me, Aaron Buckwalter, is that um, we're trained to have the customer think of things that they never thought about or that they ever would think about. And that's trying to paint pictures of things that, yeah, they just never would think about. What does that look like to you? Um, so, I mean, future pain is a lot harder than uh, than present pain. But those are the strategies that I've tried to use. And like I said, I'm not I'm not an expert, but those are the things that I've found success in maybe at times having a customer speed up their decision to replace the system. Yeah. And to be clear, you're not talking about like magical pie in the sky type of stuff. You know, what if an asteroid hits your unit? Yeah. You're talking no. about actual practical stuff that most people just don't necessarily think about. Right. 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 Yeah. And and yeah, that that can certainly help make a customer decide, you know what, this does make more sense to do it now because you've painted a picture of that. But some people just say to me, I'm willing to take that risk. So. Really good stuff. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today, Caleb. Uh, We can't let you go without doing our rapid fire five questions. Ooh, baby. All right. Buckle up. Yep. Uh, I know you are a music guy, so I wanted to throw in some of that for you. Okay. Uh, If you could do a duet with any artist, dead or alive, Who's it going to be? Ooh. Or band. Or band. That's a good question. Um, Duet. For some reason, I was just talking to you guys earlier before we went on about T.I.'s podcast, so I don't know why I have him in my head, but... He's going to buy you a drink. Yeah. You're going to rap with T.I. I mean, I you guys have heard me rap. I don't know if all the fans have, but we need to get that out there somewhere. But I, Actually, we have a couple minutes here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I, Let's go. I, I might have some stuff I got to say. Spit some uh, bars, yeah, so, I, man, I mean, for some reason, I cannot get T.I. out of my head right now, so I'm going to have to answer that oh, as T.I. When's the last time you put out an album? T.I.? Yeah. He's actually still dropping albums, believe it oh, or not. Oh, is he really? Yeah, okay. nothing right. like uh, his old school stuff, but he's still trying. All right, I'm just out of the game. I think uh, he's still out of prison, so he's good. Nice. Yeah. Who are you, that, who that you uh, doing a duet with there, Nate? Ooh. Uh... I don't know. I, you know, I I could get into the country stuff, so That's maybe uh, some Tim McGraw would be pretty cool. Wow, that sounds like a blast. That's going to be a hit. <laughs> country. Right. You know, thought, I'm a big Harmony guy, so I could get into like some Diamond Rio, too. That'd be pretty cool. I thought we might get like a little Nas X or something, maybe another <laughs> Old Town Road. Yeah, I totally remix. expected Little Wayne. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I can't sing or play any instruments, so unless I have auto-tune on, I'm going to sit this one out. What you, I was thinking maybe ACDC for you. Okay, yeah. I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah at that you point you can, have to be able to hit uh, tunes. Yeah, you don't uh, need a lot of notes. tunes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess they don't. Yeah, that's not really a singing voice thing. Frankly, they can just turn your electric guitar down and Give me Pantera or something like that. I'll just do some screaming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like it. All right, uh, if you open up your phone right now and we look at the background, what you got featured? Uh, I got my, my dog, Sonny. Uh, a little shelty, you know, real manly. <laughs> no, nothing you expected, imp- nothing less, buddy. <laughs> yeah. uh, nothing and also nothing there. more. <laughs> I'm, I'm featuring my uh, my youngest son on mine. So. Okay, yeah, nice. And Brian, um, I've got my oldest two kids on the lock screen, and if you unlock it, it's my younger two. See, I just keep it one simple. I don't mess with a lot of that stuff where I do one 
you know, one on one screen, one the other. You're using the both categories. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. That just seems a lot oh, more try hard. Time saver. Speaking of my oldest, uh, shout out to uh, young Juliana Burton, who is. We doing shout outs now? Yeah, she's upstairs in my de- at my desk in my office doing her homework on my computer because I drug her in here on Christmas Eve so we could do this podcast. <laughs> Merry Love Christmas, it. guys. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Love it. All right. Um, if you could only eat one food the rest of your life, and that would be the only food, what you going with? Ooh, man. Um, I think I'd go pasta. Probably go nice. Uh, like an angel hair or a linguine? Or... I, I might go linguine on that. Yeah. Any special sauce, like a marinara, Alfredo? I, I mean, I always like Alfredo more. My but man. My man, man. I, that would rock me after a couple days. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're going Alfredo, boys. All right. <laughs> man. Uh, I'm going to stick in the steak category. Yeah, that's which, probably smart. Which, which cut are you going with? I mean, if it's the only thing I can do, we'll probably stick with the filet. Mm. And then are we doing Longhorn or Roadhouse? Oh, do, well, I mean, can I cheat if I'm doing Roadhouse? Does it come with rolls? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> if that's a deciding how, factor. How you having that cooked, Minnick? Oh, we're going with, if uh, we're, we're in the medium range with nice pink in the middle. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'm going to go with a ribeye steak. I like that marbled fat in that thing. Uh, and I'm going to go... With the filet, I'm going to go probably medium rare, but with the ribeye, medium to medium well. All right. Um, if you can imagine hell, what song do you think is being played on repeat? Whew. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, man. Well, uh, Nate... And I, we found this one song a while ago. I think it actually got taken down. So I think that <laughs> might be on there. I think, uh, what's his face? Billy Ray Cyrus attempted to do White Christmas or oh, yeah. <laughs> something. And it lasted on YouTube for a little bit. But the one time we were fortunate enough to hear it, my goodness, I wouldn't want to go there. That was rough. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Billy Ray. But if you are listening to this, it was rough, man. Uh, I'm going to go with some of Mariah Carey's um, like super high note songs. I, I don't know the titles, but anything in the upper octaves that just keeps repeating is enough <laughs> of <it>. yeah. <laughs> On Christmas Eve, Caleb picks White Christmas. Wow. <laughs> bah humbug, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, remember when Biden held up his phone to the mic and the cameras and played Desposito? He did that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that weird little shuffle thing. If you can add the video in there, that's that's what's going to be on the Megatron in hell. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. All right, uh, number five. Uh, would you rather live 100 years in the past or 100 years in the future and why? I would say past. Um, I love the old school music, like, you know, some Temptations. Uh, but bro, that was like... 50 years Temptations. ago. Temptations. <laughs> well, you said past, did, isn't it past 100 years? Like you would live through it? We're in like jazz. <laughs> All right, I'll get down to some jazz then if that's what the answer is. I don't also want prohibition. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think the past would be cooler. Uh, future, I don't know. I just think it's going to keep getting weirder. So I, I, I like the past. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I think people had more honor and more respect 100 years ago, and I don't have a whole lot of faith in the next 100 years no. changing that. No. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say probably the past as well because, yeah, the future's it's looking a little uh, unpromising. I don't know, a <laughs> hundred years from now, anyway. Um, and the past, the twenties, uh, it was a little before World War, the World Wars. You had Babe Ruth was around. The, mm-hmm. the Roaring Twenties. It was kind of a cool time to be alive. So that would have been what is going to show my age and lack of history awareness. Is that black and white films? Oh yeah. Okay. But as soon as we get there, we're going to be we're just going to be let down. Like we're going to reach for our phone. There's no Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> Wi-Fi. That would be rough. Yeah, we're walking, <laughs> we're walking around with phones that don't do anything. There's no charger. Like, yeah, you're not walking around with phones, bro. <laughs> yeah. You're like, gonna, where do I plug this in at? It's about I'm to start die. screaming into my dead phone for a mulligan. Just send me send me forward 200 years, please. Wait, <laughs> yeah. right, uh, really super inspirational end to the podcast, here, guys. <laughs> Looks like a uh, happy 2021 is coming up. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show with us today, Caleb. We really appreciate that. Uh, really good stuff. Um, if you didn't check out the first part of this podcast, make sure you do that where Brian and I break down even more about the pain topic. Uh, but for now, if you love what you hear and you want to uh, continue to learn more about that stuff and work with a team that is training that type of material and that type of integration, give us a call. Check us out on our website at wastenoday.com. Find us on Facebook or just reach out to us in the comment section, whatever you can. We're always hiring. We're always looking for more people who are interested in learning with us. Uh, That wraps it up for this podcast. We want you guys to remember that you don't have to spend your days wishing for more, but you can find something out there that is better and that you can choose to waste no day. podcast is a production of the South Central Pennsylvania branch of One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning, Benjamin Franklin Fleming, and Mr. Sparky Electric.